to welcome all of our campuses to the third week of our series entitled Be Happy. Come on, let's just welcome all those that are joining us, those that are joining us online, all of our different campuses. Man, we are so excited. Each week, I also want to particularly welcome all the men and women at the Orleans Justice Center and the St. Tammany Parish Jail. It is an honor to have you with us. Come on, can we just welcome them as well? Yes. So we are in a series. It is an eight-week series. Matter of fact, I've only done one series this long, and it was actually teaching through the book of Revelation. And the reason why we're doing that is we're looking at the very first, let me say it this way, the most famous sermon that Jesus ever taught. And we're actually looking at the very beginning part of that sermon, the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter 5. Chapter 6, chapter 7 captures that. And it's interesting, the very beginning part is what we now call, scholars have called, theologians have called for generations, they've called it the, come on, say it, they count it, three, one, two, three, the B, good, I was nervous. If y'all didn't know that, I'd be like, what's up? (laughs) Doing this for three weeks, the Beatitudes. And in this study, Jesus is, watch this, He is redefining a concept. It's a concept that we've all, every generation, every culture, every time frame, they have longed to experience this. It's called happiness. I've said this the last couple of weeks. If you guys and I did a man or a woman on the street, you know, you stop people and you interview them and you ask them, you know, know, what is happiness? How do you achieve happiness? There's a whole range of answers. Well, if I had enough money, if I was just, you know, if my, if my, my family was happy. Matter of fact, I had a friend of mine who says, you know, happy wife, happy life. Come on, you know what I mean? That's funny. But, but happiness, if your kids are happy, if everything's great there, if your job. In other words, how do you define happiness? Is it an emotion? Is it a spiritual condition? Is it a state of being? What is happiness to you? We're all looking for it. That's why I think it's so amazing that when we study the, quote, be attitudes. Matter of fact, I said this week one, the word blessed. Everybody say it the count of three. Can we say that word one, two, three? All the campuses, blessed. If you actually circle the word blessed or blessed, blessed or blessed, there's eight beatitudes, okay? Week one, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. All right, circle the word blessed or blessed. It's actually translated happy. Now think about that for a moment. So you could interpret it this way. Happy are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Last week, happy are those who mourn for they shall be comforted. Matter of fact, it's eight times. It's not just one. It's, it's happier those, happier those, happier those, happier those. Today, we're going to talk about another one. Next week, happier those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. In other words, what is Jesus doing? He's, he's defining or actually redefining happiness. Now, I'm going to ask one question where I'm going to ask everybody, all of our campuses, all those that are joining us, one question. How many of you, be honest, you're in church. You can't lie. God's here. Are y'all ready? How many of y'all want to be happy? Raise your hand. Okay, that's it. That's the only question I'm going to ask. All right. If you want to be happy, we've got to understand how do we experience happiness God's way? 
If you have your Bible, I'm going to ask you to open up to the Gospel of Matthew. The Gospel of Matthew. Matthew chapter 5. Again, this is an eight-week series. We're in week three of eight. I'm going to go all the way up to Easter. We've got a guest, uh, Pastor Jimmy Evans, who's going to teach uh, the four laws of love the weekend after Easter. Then I'm going to do two more weeks. I'm going to finish it up. Then I'm going to teach a series on the Holy Spirit. I hadn't done that in a couple years. Really excited about that. All right, here we go. Today I want to talk to you about the third beatitude. Jesus talks about something that we don't hear about often. Or let me just say this. There's a lot of confusion about this particular beatitude. Matthew chapter 5, verse 5. Here's here's what Jesus said. He says, blessed or happy are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Jesus is saying an attitude of meekness in the face of trouble, in the face of the circumstances that we're all facing, whether it's on a family level, a financial, whatever it is that we're dealing with, those people in which Jesus was teaching on the seashore of Galilee, on the mount of what we now call the Mount Beatitudes, Jesus was teaching people that were facing circumstances. We, we don't believe that in Christianity, it's this panacea experience where, this utopian experience where we never deal with trials or trouble. Matter of fact, Jesus said in this world, you're going to deal with things, you're going to deal with adversity, you're going to deal with stuff. He said, be of good cheer, I've overcome the world. So these are people just like us, we're dealing with things. And here's what Jesus said. Happy, happy are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. What on earth is he talking about? Happy are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Week one was happy or what? Happy are those that are poor in spirit, for they shall what? Experience the kingdom of heaven. Now he's talking about earth. I mean, is the, are, are the Beatitudes about heaven or is it about earth? Well, the answer is both. It's interesting each week as we begin to unpack each one of these, what I would call, these are character qualities. Remember what I said week one, there's only one person that can actually live the Beatitudes. It's Christ. And it's Christ living through us. It's Christ in us, the hope of glory. And what I said is each one of these, there's a paradoxical nature to it. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit. In other words, what does it mean to inherit the earth? Think about the word inheritance. We commonly categorize and consider the word inheritance as it relates to a financial, you know, you, you have parents that die and they, you leave a certain amount of money. There's, a, there's an inheritance. We also talk about it in a way of, you know, if, if somebody walks up to you and say, you know, man, I've got a pretty big nose. Well, I, I inherited it from my, you know, you just fill in the blank, your mom or your dad, right? So, so in other words, inheritance often is that considered as something that, so, something that we get, something that we gain. And now Jesus is using quality, a character quality. Happy, happy. Remember, we already said it. All of you guys have gone on record. You want to be happy. And he's telling us how to do it. Happy are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. They shall... They shall gain influence. They shall gain impact. Wow. It's interesting, the word meek, how it's 
often been misunderstood in our culture. The language in the original Greek is actually the word praus, and it actually means gentle. Biblically, meek is, is not weakness. I, I want to say this over and over to all of our campuses. Meekness is not weakness. Meekness is actually, it's actually strength under control. It's something that we often don't consider. We don't think about it that way. We, we think of, you know, the picture of Jesus, and he's got the little lamb, and, and just, just come to me, and just you're just a little meek little thing. And, and No, no, no. Meekness doesn't mean that we can't stand up for injustice. Meekness doesn't mean that we can't defend the truth. Meekness actually, it means gentleness under the constraints of God. Wow. Pastor, I, I never thought of it this way, that, 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 that meekness actually means something different. Than, no, no, the, the better translation, or let me say this, a better understanding for us. Let me rewrite it this way. You guys ready? Here it is. Here it is. Let me rewrite this to, or to, to help you understand it in 21st century. Blessed are those who trust God and are gentle toward others, for they shall inherit what the world tries to take by force. There it is. person who is meek is not a person that's weak. It's actually a person that's very strong. They live according to principle. They live according to virtue and values, and, and they're strong, but they're under constraints. They, they have been mastered by God. Wow. In today's beatitude, Jesus focuses in on an attitude of, of meekness, meekness of strength under control. It's amazing the outcomes in our life, if we understand how, how to really uh, live out this beatitude. If we could really live it out, what would happen in our families? What would really happen in our workplace? If you and I really lived this beatitude, what would happen in our community? What would happen in our nation? If we really lived it, strength under control, not weakness, meekness. Not being pitiful, but being powerful, but under constraints. Wow. Pastor Steve, I, I, this is like a whole new concept. Again, the Bible, you ought to try it. It'll help you out in life. It, it, it transforms your mind. It transforms your heart. Meekness. It often is gauged by our responses. We, we often see if we're truly a meek person, if we, if we really are walking in strength under control, based upon when things happen to us, what are our responses? For example, your spouse complains about something you did or you didn't do. How do you respond? In other words, when you get squeezed, right? When you squeeze an orange, what's supposed to come out? Everybody say it. That was profound theology. Did y'all get that? When you squeeze an orange and you squeeze it, and say, ah, here it comes, it comes orange juice. You squeeze a lemon, out comes lemon juice. When you squeeze you, what comes out? You don't get that parking spot. You thought about it. You thought, Pastor said, if I pray and I ask anything in the name of Jesus, and I even threw that in there. And here it is, it didn't happen. What happens when you get overlooked in the promotion at work? How do you respond? Do you have a good attitude? You know, God's got it. God's working. He's fighting my battles. I'm going to do my best, but God's with me. Or, or do we just freak out and we just say the wrong thing and we react? Meekness is clearly demonstrated when things don't go our own way. 
I'm asking you this. I'm asking everybody. How do you respond when things don't go your way? How do I respond? The fact is, is that I have not been proud of how I've responded at times. I'm a very kind of wound up individual. I've always been somewhat impulsive and I'm just, I like the adrenaline feel and I've said the wrong things at the wrong times. I've got myself in trouble in my family. I've got myself in trouble in my leadership with people I, I, because I, I, I'll say things and, and, and I've, I, I've got that thing where, 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 and I've gotten better, by the way. And, and if you're a guest here at Church King, let me just give you a mantra, a, a, a thing that we say all the time. You guys ready? This will make everybody feel better about themselves. All right? I'm not where I want to be, but I'm not where I, Christian life is about growth. It's about growth and progression. So I'm not where I want to be, but I'm not where I used to be. I'm learning. I'm learning. And I forget when my wife, first child, we, she's pregnant first, she just walked in and it, she had these overalls on. And I just, I just looked at her. I said, wow, honey, you are huge. <laughs> How many know that wasn't a home run? Can I have a witness? I got it just, it just, it just. Some of you are worse than me. But anyway, here we go. <laughs> we, um, we all need to grow. What is Jesus talking about when he uses the term meekness? Well, what does he mean by that? I want to say this again. I'm going to say a couple of statements that I think are important. Meekness is not weakness. Meekness, we are in a culture that desperately needs to understand and to employ the biblical concept of meekness. Let me say a couple things about it. Meekness is gentle strength. It's gentle, but it's strong. It's gentle, but it's strong. It's, it's merciful, but it's mighty. You have to understand that. It's, it's, it's teachable with room to grow. In other words, I, there's a strength, but, but there's a constraint. Question, was Jesus meek? Remember, I've exposed the lie that we've thought that meekness equals weakness. Well, here's my question. All right, you guys ready? Was Jesus meek? Do you remember the famous thing that he taught when, when he talked about all of you guys, if you're weary and if you're tired? Matthew chapter 11, let, let me read it to you real quick. We're answering the question, was Jesus meek? Here's what he says about himself. Remember, strength under control. Don't forget, if you forget everything, meekness is strength under control. There's a constraint in your life. Strong, but under control. Here's what Jesus says about, about himself. He, he, he says in Matthew chapter 11, Come to me, all you that are labor and are heavy laden, all that are tired. Life is hard, Right? Man, life is hard. We've got to deal with things and problems and adversity. And, and of course, it's opportunity to grow, but, it, but there's challenges with it. And Jesus says, come to me, and I'm going to give you rest. Watch this. Notice, he says, take my yoke upon you. Be yoked with me and learn of me. For I am, come on, everybody say it, meek. I'm meek and lowly in heart. It's interesting. I was thinking about this message, and you know, I plan out, a year of what I'm going to teach. And then when I get closer to it, I can begin to adjust. And there's adjustments, probably 75, 80%. I'm pretty locked in, but I'll adjust. When I was looking and thinking about this particular message, and I was thinking about how we get confused. All of us get confused with this concept of meekness. 
I want to say a couple statements I think are very important to help clear up any confusion and to help set you up to clearly understand what I'm talking about. Meekness is not a personality trait. Pastor, I mean, I could never be meek. I mean, I'm an extroverted person. I mean, how could I be meek? No, no, no. Meekness is not a personality trait. It's a character quality. Are you with me? It's not a personality trait. Well, they're just meek. Why? Because they don't talk. Wait, wait, time out. Meekness is strength under control. It's, it's not, meekness is not being quiet. Meekness is being controlled by God and his character. You know, it's interesting. I, I, I had a conversation with a guy one time and talking about, you know, his personality. Of course, I can relate. He said, man, I just, I'm a, you know, I'm a kind of a type A. I'm a driver. You know, I'm just, let me just help everybody. Meekness has nothing to do with whether or not you are a D on the DISC profile. Are y'all with me? You know, D, D, the D-I-S-C, the DISC profile. It, it's not about, well, you know, I, I, I can't be meek because I, I, I'm a choleric in, or my person, or, or I'm an eight on the Enneagram, Pastor. I can't be, I, I can't be meek. I never forget one time my wife was talking to me. I was just kind of explaining myself. Has anybody had to explain themselves to their spouse before? Why do y'all look so stinking holy today? Are y'all with me? Of course you have to. It's called marriage. I was explaining myself. A little bit of defense, a little bit of advocacy, but I, I, I was just like, honey, you don't understand my personality. I said, you see, I'm just, you see how God designed me. I'm just a driver. And I'm, just, and, and I'm nervous. She goes, Steve, can, can I just say something to you? Okay, just being a driver, that doesn't exempt you from the nine fruits of the Spirit. You still have to grow in the character of Jesus. Everybody say, meekness is not weakness. Meekness is character quality, not personality trait. You can be an extroverted and demonstrate meekness. You can be an introverted. I think one of the greatest examples in all of the Bible to demonstrate what this is all about, the power of Christ in action, meekness in action, meekness that, that, that impacts not only your heart, but meekness that impacts your head and ultimately is demonstrated by your hands. It's, it's, it's the story of Jesus in what, I, what we now know as the Last Supper. I, I love reading in the scripture. Matter of fact, I've had the opportunity to go to Israel a bunch of times and lead Bible tours. And every time I go, I, I get more insight and understanding and uh, about, okay, where this is and where that is. I had the opportunity a number of years ago to go, and, and, and our, our guide brought us to this place that they, would, that they believe the Last Supper took place. Very powerful. And by the way, the reason why we call it the Last Supper is because there was like a bunch of suppers prior to that. <laughs> there was like three years of suppers. Are y'all with me? So, a bunch of suppers, year one, a bunch of suppers, year two, year three. Now we're at the end of the ministry of Jesus, the end of the life of Jesus. It's Thursday evening, the day before Good Friday, and he has now, hence, the Last Supper. Very powerful supper. He gathers his disciples, still 12. He'd eaten with them. He'd slept next to them. He'd done miracles 
signs and wonders, and now it's a moment. On that Thursday evening, it was where he, quote, reemphasized and instituted an ordinance that we now practice for generations. The Lord's Supper, we've merged that concept, and now we understand it as being what we call it communion, where, where he talked about his broken body and, and his shed blood and, and take and eat and, and as you drink of it. And so he had this supper with his disciples. And as the supper was ending, he did something that rocked their world. Now, I want to give you just a little bit of custom in Bible times. In Bible times, that, that when people, of course, you'd walk around, you would have, primarily, you'd be wearing sandals, right? Leather sandals. And so, because of that, your feet would get muddy, your feet would get dirty. And when you'd walk into the home of somebody, typically somebody of means and wealth, not always, but typically, they would have somebody that would be there. There would be a servant that would be there to do what? To, to help the people. And as the people, they, they would take a towel and they would wash, they'd wash the feet of the guests that would come in. Why is that? As a sign of honor and also practically so they wouldn't track mud all throughout the house. Now, the Bible doesn't tell us, number one, whether or not the disciples' feet were washed when they came into the house. The Bible doesn't tell us that. It omitted that. We don't know. I have some thoughts. One, it could be that the Bible just didn't tell us whether or not the disciples had their feet washed. Two, it could be that Jesus himself went to the person and said, listen, hey, buddy, I tell you what. This time, we're not going to need your service. You can go do whatever you want to go do. We're not going to need your help. Because Jesus was setting them up. Or three, this whole thing was just in God's plan for Jesus to demonstrate something that, by the way, the disciples should have caught much quicker. And by the way, something that we all should have caught much quicker and that we should catch. After supper, he walks over. Disciple, hey, where are you going? Just hang on. John chapter 13, and he walks over. We're talking about meekness is something of the heart. It's something of the head, but it must be demonstrated through the hands. Meekness has action attached to it. And he walks over, and, he, and, he, and, and there's a, a bowl in every house, every home that you'd go into in Bible times. There, there, would, there would be... There'd be a bowl, and the wealthier homes would have a servant. If not, you would do it yourself. And, and Jesus, he, he was talking to them, and he, and he wet the towel, and he began to dialogue, and he began to lay out for them and a powerful, powerful depiction of what their lives were to be about. I've got just a few moments. I'm going to give you guys three things, three lessons. Remember what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 11? He said, learn of me. Everyone say, learn of me. So here's what he said. He set the stage. He said, I want you to learn of me. In other words, I'm about to teach you something. What is he going to teach him? I'm about to teach you how to be meek. Not weak, but meek. Strength under control. If you don't understand, if you forget everything I say today, don't ever believe that meekness is about weakness because the Son of God was anything but weak. He was, he was strength under control. Number one, the first thing that we see here is the motive of meekness. 
Meekness starts in the heart. Look at verse 3 and 4, John chapter 13. Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he had come from God, he knew where he came from. Not only did he know where he came from, but he also knew where he was going. That he'd come from God and he was going to God. He came from God. He knew, he knew where he came from, but he knew where he was going. He knew that all things were given to him. In other words, he knew what his assignment was. He knew what his portion was. He knew what God the Father had given him. You show me somebody that knows who they are, whose they are, and what they're to steward over. They understand. They understand thyself. They understand God. They have a relationship with God. They understand their destiny. They understand their purpose. And they understand their portion. And I'll show you somebody that's secure enough to rise up and grab a towel. Somebody that's insecure, they don't know who they are. They're always trying to size themselves up in every environment that they're in, whether in the business world, the political world, the sports, and the, sports the arts and entertainment, the religious world. He knew where he came from. He knew where he was going, and he knew his portion. Question, do you know where you came from? Do you know where you're going, and do you know your portion? Every single person has gifts, talents, and abilities, and God has given you that. And you have gifts that I don't have, and I have gifts that you don't have. But by the way, I need your gifts, and you need mine. Are you all with me? And we need one another. Interdependency, we talk about that. Jesus knew he was. He knew where he came from. He knew where he was going, and he knew his portion. And because of that, he was able to pick up the towel. And he began to wash Begin to wash the feet of the disciples. Now, of course, the Bible doesn't tell us were their feet were their feet already washed. Two, did he strategically tell the person to not wash? Maybe he did that. And maybe the whole time he was thinking, "Gosh, come on, Nathaniel, you got to get it, man. Come on, come on." Somebody, maybe he was hoping that somebody noticed it, but they didn't get it. So he picked up the towel. Began to wash the feet. Began to wash the feet of the. Began to wash the feet of Judas. Think about that for a moment. Washing the feet of a person that had already cut a deal to sell him for thirty pieces of silver. Don't tell me that meekness is weakness. It's strength under control. It's the character of Christ that allows you to have a good attitude to walk through all of hell and to understand that there's a lot of pain, but I'm going to be strong in God because God is in me, God is with me, and God is going to see me through this. So he washes the feet. He washes the feet of, listen, the deceiver himself, Judas. And then he gets to another foot. Do you know this? There's one Judas. Judas betrayed him. Peter denied him. The other nine left him. There was only one at the cross, John. There was only one. Don't ever, do y'all realize, there's only one out of all those years of investment, only one. He knew that but he still washed her feet. Why is that? Why is that? 
Because the motive and the heart of meekness is I'm going to do what God tells me to do, regardless of the responses of others, regardless if they give back to me, regardless of what they say, I'm going to serve because it's the heart of Christ. It's the heart of Christ. Number one is the motive, the motive of meekness. Number two is the mindset of meekness. Okay, here it is. Oh, guys, y'all ready? Stay with me. I got a couple minutes. Stay with me. Here it is. Guess who he gets to? Oh, yeah. Pete. Brother Pete. Meekness is not a strategy. It's a mindset. It comes from the heart, but it must be in the head as well. Look at verse 6 and 7. Lord, are you washing my feet? Peter's saying this. He went to this one, this one. Now it's Peter. Jesus answered and said, what I'm doing, you do not understand now, but you will know after this. And listen, listen to what Peter said. Y'all ready? Here it is. Here it is. Peter goes, uh-uh, Jesus, you're not washing. No, you're not doing that. And here's what Jesus said. If I don't wash your feet, then you have no part of me. Peter goes, sorry, do the hair too. I apologize. I, <laughs> I'm so sorry. I don't get ah. Why was it so important to wash Peter's feet? Listen to me. Everybody look at me. All of our campuses. Here's why. Here's why. This is why it's so important. Because Jesus knew that he was going to choose Peter to be the first preacher of the New Testament church. And Peter was going to be the main apostle for the first 10 chapters of the book of Acts. A key church father. And the hands that, and the hands that Peter had were rough hands. Fisherman hands, and, 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 and he was rough with people, and he was impulsive. Matter of fact, do you remember when Jesus met Peter? What was his name? His name wasn't Peter, Petros, meaning rock. It was Simon, a reed, blown by the wind, impulsive, right? That was Peter's life. And he would say crazy things. He would do crazy things, but he was gifted of God. And Jesus knew if he didn't get to the core of Peter and wash his feet Here's what he was doing. He was transforming his thinking. Please, I need everybody to hear what I'm about to say. This is so important. It's got to be in the heart, but it's got to be in the head. Meekness is not just in the heart. You got to think this way too. Question, when you walk into a room, do you size up how you fit or do you size up how you can give? How you can be a blessing? Do you worry more about what people think about you or do you concern yourself more of how can I add value to them? In other words, Peter was rough with people, and he was about to be entrusted with human souls. Jesus began to wash his feet. What was he doing? He was reframing his thinking. What if we could reframe our thinking? What if we could reframe our mindset? Come on, are y'all with me? What, what if we could think differently? What if we could see people not as a means to an end, but what if we saw people as the end? That people are the goal. That adding value to your employees. That helping people around you to serve the what if meekness really was a mindset and not just an ethereal concept out there yeah number one meekness is in the heart it's a position of the heart i know where i'm from i know where i'm going i know the portion god's given but it's also in the head my prayer is that we understand what it means to think this way let me give you the last and final thing. 
Are y'all learning anything today? Anybody getting anything today? Let me, let me give you the last and final thing. Here it is. Here it is. Meekness, meekness must manifest through the hands. The manifestation of meekness. Oh, this is so good. This is so good. The Bible is so powerful. Here it is. Verses chapter four, 14, verses 14 to 15 and then 17. Watch how all this ties together to blessed are those who are meek. Blessed are those who are meek for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who are meek. Happy are those that have strength under control for they shall gain influence for they shall make an impact in their life with their life. Here it is. If I then your Lord and your teacher have washed your feet, if I've, if, I've, if I've done this to you, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you should do as I have done to you. Here it is. You guys ready? Here's the tie. And if you know these things, if you know them, where do you know them? You know it in the heart and you know it in the head. You know it in the heart and you know it in the head. If you have the heart of meekness, if you have the head of meekness, Blessed, 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 happy, happy, happy are you if you do that. If you serve and you add value, if you wash other people's feet. Oh, Pastor, I just don't know what's wrong in my marriage. I just don't know what's wrong. Are you washing her feet? Are you washing his feet? Are you washing their, are you serving them? Are you adding value to them? I don't know what's wrong in my business. I, I, I don't know why. I just, I feel like, it, is, is it all about, is it all about what you can get or is it all about what you can give? By the way, what I have found is if you'll give and you'll serve and you'll add value, guess what? You're going to inherit the earth. You're going to gain influence. Meekness serves. Meekness gives. Peter had the hands of a fisherman, rough hands. Peter's hands went on to touch the human souls, an apostle of the early church. Meekness adds value. Meekness multiplies. Meekness adds. Meekness multiplies. Meekness doesn't subtract. Meekness doesn't divide. Meekness adds. Meekness multiplies. Meekness doesn't subtract. It doesn't subtract from your home. It doesn't subtract from your business associates. It doesn't subtract from your community. Meekness adds. Meekness multiplies. Meekness is an action. It's a noun but it becomes a verb. It, it does something. It changes you. Christ changes you. And then you, with the power of Christ, change your world. Meekness is strength under control. And when strength is under control, it's like fire. It's like a magnifying glass when that sun and when it, when, it, when it comes through that, I remember as a kid, remember, remember that as a kid, you had that magnifying glass, you go to your backyard, there's a leaf, and, you'd, and it would be, and then all of a sudden, it was, it's, it's focus strength. Focus strength. Jesus was committed to principles, values, and he stood up to injustice, and he stood up to unright, but, but, and he spoke the truth a lot, but, but he was under control. Question. Do you want to grow in meekness? Do you want to grow in the meekness and the power of Christ? I'm going to ask everybody to bow their heads. All of our campuses, if we just take a moment here, I've got about one minute left. If you say, Pastor, I, I'm not sure about my relationship with Jesus. 
I'm not even sure if I die today, I'm ready to stand before God. Here's what the Bible says. Whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. I can't save you. Church of the King can't save you. Jesus saves. Do you know Christ? Do you know that you know if you die today that you're ready to stand before God? Here's what I'm going to do. At the count of three, at all of our campuses, those that are joining us online, your host will be interacting with you. I'm going to ask you a simple question. I'm going to ask you, do you know Christ? Do you want to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Here's what the Bible says. Whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Do you know Christ? Do you need the blood of Jesus to wash you, to forgive you and make you new? With everybody's heads bowed and eyes closed, all of our campuses say, Pastor, pray for me. I need Jesus. I'm not at peace with God. I'm not ready to stand before God. And I want to know that I know that I'm saved. If that's you, the count of three. Would you just lift your hand up high? One, two, three. Quickly hold your hand up high so I can see it. God bless you, ma'am. God bless you, buddy. Anybody else? God bless you, sir. Pastor Steve, pray for me. I need Christ. God bless you. Anybody else? God bless you, sir, right there. Anybody else? Pastor Steve, pray for me. I need Christ. I'm not sure about my relationship with God. God bless you right there. Church, let's, let's pray with those that are trusting Jesus. Can we do that right now? Come on, let's pray. All of us as a church family, all campuses, let's just pray together. Let's pray. Say, dear Jesus, I come to you today, a sinner in need of a Savior. Say, Jesus, I repent of my sin. I let go of my past, and I turn to you. I turn to the cross. Say, Jesus, wash me with your blood. Give me a new heart, a new life, a new reason to live. I want you to say this. Say, Jesus, I take my life, and I put it in your hands. From this day forward, I belong to you. Let me pray. Father, I thank you for the sealing work of the Holy Spirit and the word of the living God taking root deep in the hearts of your people. In Jesus' name. I want everybody to look at me at all of our campuses. If you prayed and trusted Christ, there's a card behind your chair. It's called My Decision. Here's what I'm going to ask you to do. Just give me just 30 seconds. I'm going to ask you to fill this out. It's what's cool now. We're not passing the offering buckets during the season. So all the buckets are in the back of all the campuses, which is easy. You just fill this out, and you just drop it in those buckets. Same buckets for your guest car, whether you're giving to the Lord, but also if you made a decision for Christ. So it's real easy. And why is that? I want to send you a letter. We want to email you talking about how to take your next step in God, all right? Did you guys enjoy that message today? Did that help anybody? I'm going to ask everybody to stand. I'm going to pray a blessing over you. I'm going to ask our, our, our prayer team to come forward. We have a prayer team. We have now reinstituted our prayer team. And so they're here now after every service. Uh, there was a season we didn't have our prayer team up front, but, but we do now. So they're here to pray for anybody that have needs. Let me pray a blessing. Father, bless your people as they go forth this day. Lord, teach us, teach us what it means to live out the power of meekness. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. May the favor of God be upon your people as they go forth this day in the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody said, let's give the Lord a hand clap. Can we do that? We love you guys. God bless you. If you need prayer, we're here for you. We'll see you next week. Thank you so much for joining us today. This was another great message in our Be Happy series. You know what? We'd love to stay connected with you guys during this week. So before we sign off, I want to remind you again, if you have not taken time to join our church online family Facebook group, go ahead, click on the link that's right there in the chat room. Join us so we can stay connected during the week. So we'd love to hear from you guys during the week. Um, but if not, we will definitely see you guys at church next week. Have an absolutely great week. Thanks again for being here today. Thank you.